Welcome to the best kept secret video cast and podcast from Centricity. If you're a B2B service professional, use our five-step process to go from the grind of chasing every sale to keeping your pipeline full with prospects knocking on your door to buy from you. We give you the freedom of time and a life outside of your business. Each episode features an executive from a B2B services company sharing their provocative perspective on an opportunity that many of their clients are missing out on. It's how we teach our clients to get executive decision makers to buy without being salesy or spammy. Here's our host, the co-founder and CEO of Centricity, Jay Kingley. I'm Jay Kingley, co-founder and CEO of Centricity. Welcome to another episode of our Best Kept Secret podcast, where I'm happy to welcome Victor Calabrese. He's the co-founder and president of Dexide. Dexide provides managed IT, cloud, and security services, serving small and medium-sized businesses. Uh, Victor is based in Dallas, Texas. Victor, welcome to the Best Kept Secret Podcast. Thank you, Jay. Awesome to be here. You know, it seems like every other article I read in the newspaper or dare I even watch TV news, every single episode is talking about hacking. It's talking about ransomware. It is talking about a breach of our IT security, whether it's government, whether it's uh, large companies, of course, the small companies, they're not making the news, but I suspect, and I think you're going to tell us, that they're not immune from this. And it seems like that the frequency of this is increasing over time, not decreasing, and you almost get a sense of helplessness out there, right? And it's almost like uh, you're playing Russian roulette, um, and we know the Russians are behind some of this too. So, Victor, what is it when it comes to cybersecurity, your target market, the small and the medium-sized businesses? What aren't they getting about how to deal with this critical issue? Yeah, I, I mean, let me let me first touch on the point that you made. You're absolutely right. That the stuff that's making it to the news is is the larger businesses, right? And that's what's being uh, uh, talked about all the time. But the reality of it is that the small, medium business is probably a bigger target. And it's a, a more often target that nobody ever hears about because it's long hanging fruit. The big businesses have a bunch of security features that they have to get through. Really hard for these hackers to get there, right? Small businesses, it's a quantity game. How many can we get? How much can we get from these places? Um, so, you know, the, the thing that I tell small businesses and a lot of my clients that they're not getting is all around this layered approach to security. Uh, a lot of people think that, you know, they get a computer and they have antivirus in there and it's all good. We're, we're, we're protected. It's not so much the case. You know, security is a constant maintenance cycle. You have to keep your machines maintained, your networks maintained. You have to make sure the antivirus is maintained. On top of that, there's a whole bunch of different layers that you can throw in there to continue to keep it more and more secure. Uh, so don't take it for granted. Don't think that you're not one of the people they're looking to attack, because you definitely are, everyone is, uh, and, and and try to do the best you can with the budget that you have. Yeah, Victor, I, I think maybe some people in the small and mid-sized market think that, hey, these hackers are actually researching the companies they're going after. So why would they come after my business? Because I'm not an interesting business. But Tell me, they're not really researching their targets. They're just blasting out there and seeing who they can get into and get a quick score. Is that fair? 
Oh, absolutely. So, so there's there's a variety of types of attacks, and there's a variety of types of way that they're doing it. But the the most common, and and I, w- I want to go into into do different things. But the most common is that they they lay a lot of traps out there, and that's either with email blasts or links on websites or things for people to just stumble into that then offloads a payload onto your systems and gets you some sort of vulnerability, which then gives them access to your system, which then let them lock you out, steal your data, all this different stuff that, that, that they're capable of doing. The funny part is that most people don't understand that hacking is a business. And there's actually schools out there that are putting together classes for people to become hackers. You pay $1,000 and they give you all the software, everything you need to do. They teach you YouTube videos. You can find all this stuff on the internet. Where are those people, these newbies that are learning how to hack? What are they going to hack? They're going to hack the local bakery. They're going to hack the pizzeria. They're going to hack these small and medium businesses. So it's more pervasive than people really think it is. And it's not the large businesses. It's a lot of the smaller businesses. Very interesting. So what I'm hearing you say is that classic line, hey, this isn't personal. It's just business. And therefore, there's no free pass out there. Given this issue and given some of the struggles that you indicated, what is the solution? What should small and medium-sized business, how should they be thinking about this problem? How should they be approaching cybersecurity? So it's going back to what I said, just just think of cybersecurity and security in general as a layered approach. And there's different pieces that you put into place as you want um, less and less risk. So there's, 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 a, there's a marriage between your risk tolerance and how much you are willing to spend, right? And you just start layering these pieces of securities um, in line with, uh, with what you can afford, right? So a bakery is not going to put the same things into action that a bank is going to put into it. That's, that would be ridiculous. No bakery could ever afford that sort of stuff, right? But do keep your machines up to date right? That's an easy fix. That's something that people don't really, it's not top of mind because they're not technology people. And a lot of times Microsoft and Apple allow you to automate those processes. Make sure your machines are up to date. Make sure you have some sort of firewall in place, right? So a lot of your internet service providers are taking care of that for you. So these are layers that you're putting. Make sure you have an antivirus. Make sure you can use uh, a multi-factor authentication to secure a lot of your passwords. We're getting used to it. It's becoming more Uh, normal for people to do that. Everybody that's got a bank account is doing some sort of MFA. So there's other places that you could put those things into place. Be more secure with your passwords. It's the little things, right? Don't write it down on a piece of paper and leave it on your desk. And, And I know it's funny for a lot of people, but there's people still doing that, right? Don't store your passwords on your internet browser. That's another big mistake. And, and, and a lot of people say, Vic, what are you talking about? It's Microsoft or it's Google. You, I can't trust them. I'm not saying you can't trust them. What I am saying, you should be a little bit, bit more reluctant to share that information and put it somewhere that it's stored. Because I could come right behind you on your computer and I have access to all your passwords or a staff member has access to all your passwords just because they have access to your computer. It sounds like the approach that you're advocating reminds me of um, when I did my undergraduate uh, uh, days at uh, Cornell in Ithaca, New York and the bitter lake effect wind in the winter. And the only way you could keep warm is through layering. And it sounds like it's that similar approach. The more layers that you're going to put in place, the more secure you are, and perhaps the more that they will lose interest and go on to the next guy who's not taking the protections that you are. 
Yeah, and 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 that's another really good point, Jay. Is 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 because it, it there is no hundred percent secure. I, I don't care if you have all the money in the world. If they if they want to hack you, they will hack you. Uh, the real thing is how difficult are you making it so it's just not worth it for them. They just move on to the next person because it's too much trouble to get into your information to make X amount of dollars. So that's where there's that risk and reward. How much are you willing to risk? How much are you willing to spend to protect yourself as compared to how much are you really uh, uh, sacrificing if you do get hacked? Yep. Like you said, it's a business. Think about your adversary as if they were a competitor. And I think you'll start to get your mind going in the right direction. Now, you make obviously a very compelling case on layering as a way to think about securing yourself, uh, your business uh, from these attacks. So let's talk a little about sort of the cost and the benefit, if you will, to taking these measures versus not. You know, what's at stake here and what's the rationale for me wanting to invest in making sure that I'm safeguarded? So in, in the most extreme of sense, you're really risking your entire business, right? So 60% of businesses uh, that get some sort of ransomware or get hacked in some way go out of business within six months of that attack. And that's, that's a reality. That's not something I'm trying to spark an emotional reaction from people. That's just numbers, statistics. It happens all the time. Um, but, you know, there, there, there is ways you could mitigate that stuff. And not everything has to cost you a fortune. A lot of times it's just the simple stuff, you know, antivirus, keeping your computer up to date, making sure that your DNS zone is, 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 is correct. Little things like that. Don't write things down. I mean, not writing down a password on a piece of paper, it, it costs you nothing, right? It's just a mind shift. Uh, and understanding that that sort of stuff is important doesn't cost you anything. Education of your staff. That's another big one, right? Making sure that they're not clicking on links they're not supposed to be clicking on, understanding the dangers of the internet. There's ways that you can take care of that stuff, even if you self-educate and then educate your staff, uh, uh, that would pay off dividends, right? Because it's also with a culture or, or, or an education culture in your company, um, it's, it's repetitiveness. You have to keep it out there. You have to keep it top of mind so that people don't say, oh yeah, that's, a, that's not a good thing. Uh, to do clicking on the link, you know, you get an email from your CEO that says, go buy me 500 gift cards and send them here. I would probably check on that by placing a phone call before I would do it. I, I mean, even if it looks like it's coming from them, there's a lot of crafty uh, uh, hackers out there that could socially engineer a lot of the things that just look right. Uh, and a lot of times it's one misspelled character that makes the difference, right? So if you don't have that attention to detail, uh, you may get to the situation where you're doing something that you shouldn't be doing. Right. Now, Victor, uh, all of us in small business, uh, mid-market, just like the big boys, uh, we have insurance agents, insurance brokers. They come to us. And one of the things I know we get pitched on all the time, add cybersecurity policy. So why not just say, you know what? This is too much for me. Uh, it's way beyond my pay grade. Tell you what I'm going to do. Instead of paying money, to do the things that you're talking about. How about I just put that money, buy some insurance and sleep well at night? What's the issue with that kind of a strategy? So the, the biggest issue is that unfortunately insurance companies, uh, or fortunately I should say, have gotten wise to that. And, and a lot of them aren't even underwriting a liability policy. Forget about a cyber policy. 
Uh, but they're not underwriting these insurance policies unless you have certain protocols and certain things in place because the problem is real. It's, it's, it's just like you said in the beginning of the podcast, right? We're hearing about the big companies. We're not hearing about the little companies. And a lot of these problems are hitting the, the, the insurance companies in the pockets because at the end of the day, they underwrite that policy and somebody has to pay out $100,000 for some sort of crypto locker or whatever. The insurance company is writing a check for that. So a lot of insurance companies are now getting to the point and, and, and IT is getting involved in a lot of these times for, 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 to write an insurance policy. IT is at the table and saying, oh, here's a checklist. What are we doing? Are we locking the server room? Are you allowing people access to these servers? Do you have a password policy? There's all these things that the insurance companies are actually making you write on paper and proving to them that you have in place before they even underwrite you. And then when you file that claim, they're going to demand proof that all the things that you represented, you've actually done or else they're going to deny their claim and they're going to win that denial. Yeah, absolutely. And, and to add one more to that is even if they pay that claim, a lot of times you are no longer insurable. So you've got another hump now because now you've been attacked. You've, you've proven that you had these things in place. You still got attacked. You had to pay out the insurance company to pay out. They drop you. Now to go get another insurance company to, to underwrite you is going to be almost impossible. Not so long ago, I was talking to a business owner, small business, um, but they were, you know, over a million dollars in revenue. And he wanted to get a cybersecurity policy. And they asked him all these questions and he gave them the, all the answers that they wanted to hear. Mm. And they gave him the policy. Well, he got nailed and he was stunned to find that his claim was denied because before they would pay out anything, they audited all those procedures and policies and safeguards, found out he didn't do hardly any of them and his coverage just vanished. So you aren't going to fool those insurance companies. No, and, and you're playing with fraud, which is, is another you know, big topic here. I'm surprised they didn't press charges on, on that gentleman or if they did, we don't know about it, but I mean, you are, it is, it is an insurance policy like any other insurance policy. So if you're saying that you're doing something, you better be doing it. Well, one thing, Victor, that you said, which I think should get, give everybody pause is how 60% of small and mid-sized businesses who are getting successfully hacked are out of business within six months. And for a lot of us business owners, this is our life. This is our legacy. You know, we, we perhaps are second or even third generation, but even if we've started the business, for many of us, it is either our retirement nest egg or it is a legacy we want to live, leave to our children to, to take and gone just because we weren't smart and didn't take those protections that you talked about. Fascinating, compelling. Now, we're going to take a short break right now. And when we come back, we're going to learn, Victor, a little bit more about you. Are you wondering how much longer you have to grind and chase for every lead conversation with client? Would you like clients to knock on your door so you no longer have to pitch, follow up, and spam decision makers? Well, Centricity's Category 1 program uses a proven five-step process that will help you get in front of the decision makers you need by spending less time doing all the things you hate. It's not cold calling, cold email, cold outreach on LinkedIn or any other social media, or even spending money on ads. 
but it does have a 35 times higher ROI than any of those things, leveraging your expertise and insights at your prospects and network value. The best part, even though you'll see results in 90 days, you get to work with the Centricity team for an entire year to make sure you have all the pieces in place and working so you can start having freedom of time and a life outside of your business. So email time at centricityb2b.com to schedule an 18-minute call to learn more. Welcome back. Let's find out a bit more about Victor. Victor, I want to start with understanding Deckside. What are the two or three pain points beyond cybersecurity that you really focus on with your clients and what makes it challenging enough that they need your help? So, um, you know, security is just an aspect of, of technology. Obviously, we, we handle a whole bunch of different things, but the biggest is frustration with their technology. A lot of people, as technology keeps evolving, it keeps getting more complicated on the back end. So in order to leverage a lot of these services, you have to understand how they interconnect. Um, so a lot of people say, oh, I'd love to use this application, but then they don't know how to make this application work with their current accounting package or their current CRM. So frustration with that is is, is one of the biggest ones. Um, another big f- uh, point is, is, is being able to leverage the things that actually push the company forward, right? So what is the right technology? Uh, as a technologist, I spend days learning about what's out there, what's available, how do I use it, right? A lot of business owners, that's not what they do. You know, they're in the business of selling cars or they're in the business of manufacturing something and they should be focusing on that business because that's what makes them their revenue. Um, understanding how to get a specific CRM to function within their business process to make the business more efficient or automate a process, it's not something they should really be uh, working towards. I need that information, but it's up to a technologist to be able to disseminate that information, rip apart the process, and then put technology in place to make the business hum. Um, so that that's a big one. That's one of my uh, favorites. I, I actually fell in love with technology because of automation of business processes. Um, and then the, the other one that um, I, I don't get as much these days, and maybe it's because of the type of company that that, that we're um, focused on, uh, but it, it's, it's the constant struggle with technology issues. A lot of times, and it, it just happened last week, though, funny that, that it said, but last week we had a, a client that, or a potential client that came in and says, Victor, why is it that every day I come into my office, I have to unplug the firewall, wait 60 seconds, plug it back in, in order for me to get my business going? This is what people are dealing with on a regular basis. And I told him, I said, well, that's not normal. That shouldn't be a process that you need to handle. Something is not right. We should look at that and fix it so that you don't have to do that on a regular basis. Um, so those are your your three major pain points that, that we deal with consistently. Now, I think it would be an understatement to say that you probably have a bit of competition. And of course, <laughs> as we all do, everybody in the B2B space, none of us are short of competition. So the challenge, of course, that we all have is when we talk to prospects and clients about what it is that we do, we sound pretty much like everybody else who does what we do. And none of us want to buy average. And when that's the only choice that we give our customers, of course, they're going to choose on the basis of low price and you're not going to be recognized for the value that you provide. So instead, I like to ask a different question. And my question is, what makes you and Deathside great at what you do? 
So the, the biggest differentiator for Desai, because you're absolutely right, that there, there's not a shortage of, of competition. I mean, pretty much anybody that, that uh, um, likes a computer is my competition, right? And, and they have a friend that needs some computer services and all of a sudden, oh, I can take care of that for you. So the biggest differentiator for Desai is we've been here since early 2000. We've been an MSP. So uh, we have been in this game for a very long time. But we're trying to evolve this game. So our experience is monumental. Um, I've been a C-level exec for uh, bigger, larger companies. My partner's been C-level executive for larger companies. We have that experience that we bring to the table, and we now offer that to small and medium businesses, uh, which traditionally they don't have access to, uh, talent like ours. Uh, the other big one, and, and this is one of the cornerstones that we built that side on, is we have no bias. A lot of our competition out there are an HP shop or they're a Dell shop. They stick to those vendors because those vendors give them bigger margins the more they 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 are able to sell. We don't do that. We're vendor agnostic. Uh, we believe that the right um, solution is based on the client, not whatever margin I can make off that client. Uh, so we, we take that very seriously. It doesn't matter if you're a Google shop, you're an Apple shop, you're a Microsoft shop. It doesn't matter to us. We want to just bring you the best technology that serves your business as, as best it can. And the, and the other one is transparency. So we're very transparent with our pricing. Um, we don't try to hide behind our pricing. One of the things that I'm trying to do is, is actually put my pricing on my website so that people can actually see this is how much it is. My competition doesn't like that. They'll sit there and they'll hide it and they'll say, oh, we're charging this much per computer. And then they'll put in this much for the email. And they go, I don't want any of that stuff. This is how much it costs. You know, I'm making a decent margin and that's all there is to it. Last question for you. I encourage everybody, by the way, to go to your LinkedIn profile. Take a look at uh, what I call your LinkedIn resume. See how you started out, where you're at now. But my question is on the why. What are one or two things that happen, whether it's in your personal life or in your professional life, that would tell us why you're sitting here as the president of Deckside? So uh, that, that, that's a really interesting question. And every time somebody asks me that, I, I, I go all the way back to, to right out of college. I, I started working. My dad was in construction um, all, all his life. And I, I, I grew up around construction and trailers. And, and back when I got out of college, the construction industry just started putting servers on site. Uh, and I got a job and I thought I thought I was going to be in construction like my dad, just following his footsteps. And then they had the server on site, which nobody really knew what to do with. On top of that, I'm a people person. I like pleasing people. I like people being happy. I don't like people being frustrated. And I saw this dichotomy. I had the server, which is supposed to make us better, right? More efficient, help us out. But I saw the frustrations on everybody's face every time that thing just wouldn't work the way it was expected. So I started tinkering and I started playing and I found that I, I enjoyed it and I enjoyed two sides of it. One is making the tech work, but two is, Vic, help me with this. Vic, help me with this. Can you help me? With and I loved it. I just loved being able to help those people and just get their, their process. You know, fast forward uh, years into, into of experience and education and then I got my master's degree. And I got to the point that I started seeing business processes. Well, you know, once I got out and got my MBA, I started understanding what a financial statement was. I started understanding the, the insides of a business. 
And when I started understanding that and I started seeing, well, these business processes are actually affecting the P&L or actually affecting the balance sheet. Well, what if I marry technology to help these processes and actually affect the way the bottom line and, the, and your gross margin and all these things? And that's when I fell in love with it all. And I was like, this is great. And that's where Desi comes in. A lot of our processes, a lot of our automation, a lot of the things that we do is all around. We're business people first. We understand technology. Tell me your business problem and I will try to find the solution. We will find the solution to, to, to make that all work. Um, so that's, that's really where I fall in love with tech and business and, and all the stuff that brings it together. Victor, that's fabulous. Now, you have given us an awful lot to think about today, but I'm going to challenge our listeners not just to think about it, but to act upon it, because there is too much at stake for you not to be doing a lot of the things that Victor has laid out. Now, I'm guessing, Victor, that a number of people are going to want to reach out to you, given the expertise that you've demonstrated on our show today. So tell the folks how best to reach you. So the easiest way is to email me directly, victor at deskside.com, D-E-S-K-S-I-D-E.com, um, or go to our website, deskside.com, and, and you can see we're, we're launching a new website within uh, the end of this month. Uh, the other great place to get me is on my LinkedIn. Um, I'm always connecting with people. Um, and, and, and Jay, People shouldn't just reach out to me because there's a business seed. Reach out to me just to ask me a question. I'm always about helping people. So if you have something, I'm there to help. And if we can talk and I can make your life a little easier, that's great. I'm here to help. Fabulous. And we'll put Victor's contact information in our show notes, make it easy for everybody to reach out, take advantage of his generosity. Uh, you will absolutely benefit from tapping into this gentleman's expertise and insight. Victor, thank you so much for being on the Best Kept Secret podcast and videocast. To my listeners, until next time, let's crush it out there. Take care, folks.